I think it's important to note that uh, fundamentals are also very strong. We've got a, a growing economy, uh, jobs, income. My administration has a job to do as well. And that job is to get this economy back on its feet. Now, first of all, I don't, I don't see America having problems. 25 years ago, I got ripped off with some whole life, life The insurance. only type of life insurance that you should have, in my opinion, is term insurance. Welcome to Infinite Banking Radio. In three short years, our financial system has turned upside down, but we still hear the same rhetoric and are pushed into the same strategies. The Infinite Banking Concept is a proven system that will transform your financial future. Now here's your host, Patrick Donahoe. Well, hello, hello. This is Patrick Donahoe. Thank you for joining us on this month's podcast. We have uh, an exciting one for you today. I'm joined by a good friend, uh, Josh Lannon. Uh, Josh is actually in in the office today, and we're uh, we're excited to have him. Before we get started, uh, as I mentioned last month, we have a, a new website that's up, and it contains basically a free program that you can register for and have 100% access to to teach you basically the main principles of the infinite banking concepts. So you can go to that by visiting our website www.paradigmlife.net. So let's uh, let's kind of get into what I wanted to talk about today. Jo- Josh is a very unique individual and just an am- amazing person. I've got to know him over the last uh, last couple of years, and uh, he has a book coming out this uh, this uh, end of this year. Uh, that talks about something that's that's very intriguing. We're going to get into that today. But what I want to do first is is have Josh introduce introduce himself and give us an idea of his background. If that's okay. Yeah, it'd be great. Thank you, Patrick, uh, for the warm welcome, and it's great to be here in the office. I just flew in from uh, Arizona, Scottsdale, Arizona, yesterday, and I arrived in. I got picked up, and uh, my driver goes, "Oh, it's pretty hot here today at 90." I'm thinking, "Oh, I just came from 120, <laughs> just about." So this is nice. <laughs> so yeah, a little bit about who I am, my background. Um, you know, I, I originally, uh, well, I grew up in a, in a nightclub industry. Uh, my father had, had a series of nightclubs uh, in California and Las Vegas. And um, so I grew up in that environment. And it was kind of natural for me to take over his empire, if you will. So I went from bar backing to bartending, security to general management. Up through the ranks. Up yep. through the ranks, yep. absolutely. You know, And I was good at my job. I enjoyed it. You know, so, uh, I wasn't supposed to be in there a lot of times at 19 years old, but... <laughs> It was exciting, uh, especially in Las Vegas, you know, the, the older women, the fast cars, and, and the crazy lifestyle. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it, um, so a little bit about my background. That, uh, that's where I really got my street education. I grew up fast. Um, I learned about business by application mm-hmm. and uh, by trial and by error. And uh, through the course of, geez, nine years almost in Vegas, I did that. And, uh, wow. yeah, it was a wild lifestyle. <laughs> Nine years, a whole a whole decade. <laughs> so, you, so, and obviously you're not doing it now. So, so what do you? So, I mean, what happened? I mean, you you obviously were there. You grew up in that lifestyle, and then nine years. What happened at that ninth year? Well, good question. Yeah, I was. My job was to get the party going, and me kind of naturally, I'm an introvert. I'm a quiet person, so I would drink. I would drink to get the party going, and they got me going, and and I would, uh, you know, that was my job. So. Through the course of time, um, that lifestyle got out of control for me. Um, it was fun for many years, but uh, it was something that I was I was done with. But I was stuck in a a cycle I couldn't get out of. Uh, my wife at the time, well, my wife, she was a police officer at the time, still same same wife. Been <laughs> together eighteen years, uh, married for twelve. Uh, two wonderful children, nine, a daughter Haley, and six, my son Jake, and. Um, she was a police officer, and you know, uh, 
she was she was a very powerful woman, <laughs> and that was the woman I fell in love with. Independent, powerful, and uh, she came home one night and said, "You know, Josh, I love you, but uh, this just isn't working anymore. I'm done." Because I was drinking, partying, I would disappear and, and do that sort of stuff, and uh, it was a life it was a lifeline I was looking for because I was done too. Uh, she should have shot me. I thought she was going to. <laughs> she, had the, she had the weapon, too. She had the badge, the gun, the authority. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and she knows how to shoot, too. So I, I made the wise choice for my life and my marriage. Is Yeah, I said, you know what? I'm done with this, too. So I went into a rehab center. Went into rehab in California, uh, cleaned up, uh, found out, you know, kind of why was I doing what I was doing, what, what, what was the lifestyle all about, and uh, came out of rehab center and uh, went back to work in the nightclubs. And just at that time, I knew I could no longer do it. Just spiritually, I could no longer be a part of the problem. I had to be part of the solution. So my wife and I talked, and we were like, you know what, this just isn't for us anymore. Let's go to the other side, in essence, and uh, be a part of the solution. And you guys were, and from from what I recall from your story, is you were you were going to Thanksgiving, you were going to, to a dinner, and and on the way home, somebody gave you uh, a, a Kiyosaki program, CD program, right? Absolutely. You know, they say the universe always provides, and when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Mm-hmm. Why? In my drinking, I wasn't listening to the promptings. I just, I, I was very stubborn, do things my way, and I, I was very hard-headed, if you will. You know, the Irish stubbornness <laughs> was in me. And uh, once I cleaned up, I could finally actually hear the promptings that have always been around me, on a spiritual level, I guess. You know, not not a religious level, but more of a spiritual. I like, kind of follow the promptings, and I got this audio program, Choose to Be Rich. The very next day, I got out of rehab, and I was like. Okay, let's listen to this. So we did, and it was like unplugging from the matrix. It was like I could finally see the world differently from the first time, like through the eyes of a rich person. Mm. And it completely changed the way I was thinking. So here I am just at a rehab center. I had overcome this this demon, if you will, of, of addiction, this master that was slaving me. And so I came out of rehab going, nothing else will ever control me ever again. And here, Robert Kiyosaki comes into my life saying, no, wait a second, you are a slave to money, and this is the reasons why. And it rocked me. It rocked my world. And so from there, I mean, obviously, amazing things happen. I mean, we don't have all day to go through your story, but mm-hmm. that's why you have the book. I'm sure you talk a little bit about the story in the book. But you you basically created your own rehab network. You created rehab centers and rehabilitation centers, and now that's what you do as a profession, correct? Yeah, exactly. What we did is we, we tapped into our why, our mission. What's our purpose? And we looked at our past, and we said all of these things that happened to us. You know, I grew up in an alcoholic family. My, my father was abusive. Um, all of these things that happened. What was the reason for it? So looking back, okay, maybe maybe my passion, my purpose, my my reason why I'm here is to build drug and alcohol re- rehab centers because I know it intimately. I know what it's like. I've lived it. Mm-hmm. I know the people. So when we tapped into that, we being my wife and I tapped into that passion, that purpose, and developed this very strong mission-based organization stuff started to come to us and we raised the capital we uh, opened our first rehab center uh, we started hiring staff and it just it took off it just blossomed, yeah. 
It did. Yeah, because we were on purpose now. We were no longer working for money. We were working for a reason, for a mission. I think, you know, just the the most part when people abuse alcohol and and drugs and and so forth, it's it's because they they, they need an out to something. And life life is difficult. Life presents us with challenges and we try to, you know, try to deal with it. And oftentimes that becomes, you know, kind of an addictive nature and people get really off the deep end. Yes. And so right now, obviously, life is difficult for a a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And people are going to that from, from what I assume. So obviously what you're offering to individuals is, is significant because it's a need. But what in, in kind of our, our economy and our, our you know, in the United States in general, I mean, w- w- what role do does do private companies play? They don't really ever play a role in that type of setup. But you're a private company. That's and right. so you, you have developed kind of, okay, how do it, – it's more of an efficient way to determine how do we solve these individuals' problems or how do we help them go through their issues mm-hmm. and, and, and completely rehabil- uh, rehabilitate themselves. Right. So how, how do you I – mean, as you've probably seen other type of rehabilitation centers, both public and private, I mean, how, how do you think yours is set apart? Because of your background and also what your objective is as far as making it a profitable profitable business. Well, that was part of the, the strategy is freedom. And that's what we saw as social entrepreneurs, social capitalists, a triple bottom line. There's profit, social value, and freedom. And freedom to make our own choices and to control our own destiny. So what we decided to do is go private, a private organization. We would raise our own money. We would control our own income expense. And we would not be dependent upon the government or donors for the success of our business. So we had to have a completely different model. It was tougher at first. It became a, um, a very interesting challenge when it comes to marketing and resources and referrals and that sort of thing. But it became a true business where if we were doing the right work for the right reasons, Mm -hmm. people would come to us. So we built a model off of treating people with dignity and respect. So when we controlled our own finances, we were able to bring in the best counselors, the best therapists, um, equine with horses and art therapy and yoga, holistic foods, naturopathic doctors, things that a government-funded program could not afford to do. That's interesting. That's fascinating. And, and, it, and you don't just have one now. You have, you have multiple in, in the U.S., and now you have one in, in Australia too, correct? Well, in 10 years now, we've, we've grown the organization. We have six centers okay. in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona, and um, Salt Lake City, Utah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're now building a franchising model to expand out internationally. That's awesome. Um, it's been an incredible journey. It really has. Wow. So you also got plugged into the Rich Dad Network, and now you're mm-hmm. a Rich Dad advisor with the Kiyosaki organization. Obviously, being inspired, I think there's been millions. It was cool. We, we were, my wife and I, and you, know, you know my wife, we were, in, uh, we were on break and flew through Mexico City, uh-huh. and we were walking through. Have you been to the, the airport in Mexico City before? I have not. So you go to the terminal, and there's like these little offshoots. So Cynthia and I were walking through the terminal, and there were uh, there was a couple of people reading Rich Dad Poor Dad in, in Spanish and in English, like just going through the terminal. So my point is, Kiyosaki has inspired you know millions and millions of people, uh, but not to the extent that he's inspired you, because you you felt so profoundly about how he changed your life. You like you stalked him for a couple of years, didn't, <laughs> didn't you? From what I remember, like you, you used to go to his seminars, you used to just fly and volunteer and, and so forth, and eventually got plugged in. Well, yeah, and that's what I loved about Kiyosaki so much is he never told me what to do. He he studied and he taught principles. So the principles could be applied to any business, any vehicle, real estate, business, investments. Mm-hmm. So what it, what it did then is it tapped into, well, what's my purpose? Mm-hmm. What's my, my mission, my, uh, my reason for being here? Mm-hmm. And Kiyosaki has touched so many people. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I know thousands of people that they, you know they come up and say, "Man, he's he's changed my life. He's improved me." Because we're talking about a subject that school doesn't teach us about mm-hmm. money. You know, they teach us go to school, get a good job, to work for money, but they don't teach us what money is. And Robert starts to unplug us from that financial matrix. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I started going to the seminars in 2005, and I was like, "Man, this is." This is fantastic. I yeah, love it. Yeah. He's a tough teacher, yeah. but uh, uh, I really liked his style. Yeah. His seminars, um, I wouldn't say they're expensive, but going to them all the time can be can be pricey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the travel too, because they're not just in one location all the time. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And I wanted to go to all of them, wherever yeah. he was in the country, out of the country. I wanted to be there. <laughs> That's awesome. So my wife and I were like, okay, how do we do this smarter? Well, we serve. We serve first, mm-hmm. and that goes back to the social values. Mm-hmm. So by serving, we. We volunteered in his events. We'll push in chairs. We'll we'll deal with um, uh, registration. We'll uh, talk to people. It doesn't matter. We just want to be involved in the organization. And by serving first, it opened up so many more doors to now. I had no idea we'd become rich dad advisors. Yeah. So looking at, I mean, it's profound what you said because if you look at your your background, everything that happened to you, whether it was you know being on the bar scene or, or the alcohol or the the, the abuse. Um, it led you up to a specific point. Those were your experiences, specific and unique to, to your life. And every individual is, is completely unique in that respect. And I think the reason why Rich That Poor is so profound is because it doesn't teach strategy. But what it does, it helps you conform all the different experiences you had in your life to the point where, hey, I need to do something. And I can solve a problem because chances are all those experiences have brought me to point to be able to help other people. That's right. And people don't ever recognize that. People, you know, it's in, in the school atmosphere, it's... I think school is valid. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you read, write, social social things as well. But you're brought to the point where you understand and are taught content and learn content. You're not taught context. And you look at, you know, how, how significant the idea behind thinking is. All, all things exist because of a thought. Right. And those ideas, being able to critically think and work your way through and identify problems and recognize that there's a solution leads to so many different things. Mm-hmm. And so the, the title of your book that's going to come out this November, uh, The Social Capitalist, it, it's, it's incredible because right now we're facing a lot of world challenges. We are. We're facing a lot of economic challenges. I mean, we see it every stinking day. And, and today, you know, obviously you can, whoever's listening can be listening to this a year from now. Um, but yesterday they, you know, made the uh, Obamacare uh, uh, constitu- constitutionally, they voted for it, and because there's there's issues with with these things, but at the same time, there's issues with people understanding freedom and understanding taxes, understanding h- how things work in an economy, and it's it's interesting because it's gonna, just going to present more and more problems. But at the same time, if you look at the law of, of polarity, mm-hmm. okay, you have to have a solution. There's a solution out there. There's a viable solution, and where are those solutions going to come from? They're going to come from ideas. Right. And there's so many people. And looking at technology, I mean, the social capitalist ideas is incredible. Because if individuals such as yourself, and then there's a slew of others that you have, I think you have some on some of your websites, they're doing very similar things. Not the exact same business, but are solving social problems Correct. based on them. Hey, how, do, how can I use the, 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 you know, the, the talents that I have and the ideas that I have and the experiences that I have to solve this problem and make it profitable and make it efficient? Right. And it's changing the world. Well, it is. It's going to take individuals, not the government, individuals to take a stand and say, you know what, enough is enough. Mm -hmm. Whether it's poverty or or housing, affordable housing, or it's uh, food or whatever that purpose is for each individual, they know what it is, what they're – in essence, makes them mad. I say, you know what? This isn't right. I'm going to build a business, a sustainable business mm-hmm. that will solve or at least address these social problems. Mm-hmm. And when individuals, entrepreneurs that take that risk do that, mm-hmm. that's when we see the change. Yeah, there's. I, I was telling you about a book I read when I was when I was on break, 
and it's uh, it, it it talks about a lot of these ideas. And I read it because mm-hmm. I was trying to because I knew you were going to come out and you know do a podcast together, and I wanted to kind of study you know who's who's doing what and who you know what type of problems are being solved. So I read a book called Abundance, and the authors are. Uh, Peter Diamandis and Steve Kotler, and it talks a lot about just technologies that are coming about. Right. And like, I'll, I'll give a couple examples. One example is they developed this like latrine, like a to- like a toilet system, and it sounds it's it's hilarious. But you go in, there's no t- there's no plumbing, no tubing at all. Okay, and it, this invention exists. So you go and you take you know you you do your number one, and your number one gets processed and distilled into water that can go back into your house. It sounds nasty, but they have all the processes and have tested everything. Right. And then the number two, there's again there's no plumbing, but they're able to take the number two and through different processes, not chemical, but different processes, turn it into energy and plug it back into the grid. Is that amazing? So, so that's the thing. It's like, yeah. where, where do these? Who 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 sits down and is like, hmm? I wonder if I could create a toilet or I get through number two. <laughs> sure. I mean, that, that's the thing, though. Is those, those ideas happen every single day? It does. But people never put themselves in the position to have those ideas. They they kind of ingrain themselves in. Here's my nine to five. Here's what I'm doing, and it, it never gets to the point where it's how can I solve these problems? And the other examples are, mm-hmm. you know, how the, the world hunger problems and the idea behind compounding of population because we all, I mean, this is obviously a financial show, but compounding doesn't just relate to number or to, to finance. Right. Compounding is everything. Compounding is ideas. Compounding is also population. So if we have this population that's compounding out of control, how are we going to feed it? That's right. And it gives you know examples in there about Africa and how many cell phones and smartphones have gone into Africa and how many ideas and businesses and things that that's created. Well, and that's what I see. I see a major social movement happening. People are waking up going, wait a second, my life is not supposed to be in a cubicle. This is not what I signed up for. How did I get here? And people are frustrated. And and money is a huge factor of that because we're trapped in that, well, I have to because i got to pay my bills. Exactly. It's the security behind that. It is. That's the matrix, right? The financial matrix. So taking the pill, you need to take that pill and go through the rabbit hole. I mean, it's that's the thing is you you did it and look at what it's done for your life. And and we're young. We're still young. There's so many years ahead of us. And I think people, you know, these days have been caught up in this retirement trap uh, and it's existed for 30 mm-hmm. years. But the thing is, life expectancies have significantly increased. People aren't living to 70 years old now. Right. They're living to 90s and eventually 100s. And so looking at life, life is not about getting to a point and then starting to live. No. Life is about living right now Absolutely. and finding what you love doing. And that's the thing is, yeah, you, you might be in the nine to five and you might have to be paying the bills because you have those types of responsibilities, but put open your mind up. Open your mind up to all the opportunities that are out there. We have the internet that is so dang full of information, and that information can spark the idea that will transform your life. It just mm-hmm. takes that one idea. It does. So the social, the social capitalism and looking at what you're doing and who, who you're networking, uh, networking with, um, what are you see as other examples of how the, this idea of solving social problems? What are some other examples that are out there? Well, again, it goes back to the individual. Individuals even, like you said, solving problems in their own home in their communities, global problems. Mm-hmm. We're seeing individuals take a stand on many different levels, mm-hmm. many different levels. Um, well, there's, I think one, one, thing that I, one thing that I saw is, is education. So there's, there's been a lot of uh, virtual, virtual education that's been created. Because I, I, I see, and it, sound, it sounds weird, but I don't think education should be a social responsibility. I think edu- education is natural to the individual, and it should be something that they desire because that's really the only way to progress. And so right, right now you have a huge issue in, in, in schools where you have this massive population of kids 
bigger, like the 18, 19, 20-year-olds, that population is like one and a half times the baby boomer population. Mm -hmm. And they're going into this phase, and they've grown up with technology. They're going into this phase where they're going to go to school, they're going to pay a hundred grand for education and get thirty to forty thousand dollars jobs because baby boomers aren't retiring. That's right. And so the issue there is th- that makes no financial sense whatsoever. Now we have this idea everybody has to go to college, but that's the thing is any banker or any investor looking at a hundred thousand dollar cost for you know what's going to be the outcome or the return on investment. That's a terrible investment. Right. Okay. So the virtual, I see. I've seen a lot of virtual classrooms, virtual education. I just saw one last last night. Um, on yeah, I can't remember what the name of the, the university was, but it was with with high school kids. It was just mm. this like supplementary education, mm. which is just hey, this is what you're going to do in high school. Da 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 da. But here's some other things: speaking skills, presenting skills, and right. so forth. Right. Again, it's just those coming up with an idea, leveraging technology, and being able to create something. Well, you're absolutely right. I mean, in school, they, you know, when I went through school, I called it uh, cooperation. You know, I wanted to know, well, what are you doing? What are you doing over here? And how do, what's your answer over here? The teacher said, oh, that's, that's cheating. cheating. You know, and they slapped me for it. I said, no, you can't do it. But in our age now, it is about cooperation. And even socially, economically, it is about cooperation, cooperating with each other, cooperating in our families, our community. Well, yeah, that's the. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. Well, so going back to what, what you. No, go, go no, ahead. Sorry, it, so, me, with. One of the things I, I believe in is the, the cooperation because right. an individual has, you know, just one, his, pro, his mind goes in kind of one direction. And when it's when it's involved in other minds, there's kind of an energy created. Yeah, it's a group thing. Yeah, it's a group thing, and, and so many different collaborate because because I can say an idea, you can say, well, think about this, and I say, think about this, think about this, think. About, and once you have all these people involved, if you have like 50 people there, then it's mm-hmm. probably not going to be as productive. But a good group of individuals solves a problem so much quicker. Right. But you're right. It's like how, how often were we ever taught to do that on tests? We never had group. T- well, in, in the end, I kind of had some group test stuff. But you know, going up through the rank, yeah, going right. up through you know elementary school, middle school, and high school, there's very very seldom did you have that. No, it was industrial age thinking. Yeah. S- sit down, be quiet, and do your job. It, we're not in that that uh, playing field anymore. Nope. And nope. look at our kids, what they're doing with, with – I mean, my, my daughter at eight, nine years old with her on, on uh, her iPad. I mean, she's just smoking. And it's like, wow, look at her go. Yeah. They've grown up in this – Information age, yeah. and, and it is. It's moving at an extremely fast rate. Yeah, there was a. I was listening to another podcast, and it was it was a, it was a demographer, and he was study, you know, He studied demographics. He studies trends and so forth. He's an older guy, you know, in, in his sixties. And he walked into this grocery store, and the grocery store. Um, he was, you know, getting checked out, and he had this gold Rolex on, really nice, expensive watch. The girl that was checking him out was like 18, 18, 19 years old. And she's like, I haven't seen one of those in a long time. And so he's like, oh, wow. Well, he was explaining, well, you know, it's actually a classic and a Uh vintage, and you have to wind it up. And she's like, okay, I was talking about your watch, not that it was a Rolex. (laughs) Because that's the thing is the technology is they don't know know what a rotary phone is. Right, they all they know is internet, wireless, and if they have a, they need an answer. Wikipedia, that's right. Google, bang, that's right. done. And look at how amazing that is because it's going to revolutionize problem solving. It is, and another social problem that we're looking at is financial education. Mm-hmm. It really is a huge social problem yep. because we're taught to work for money, but we don't even know what it is. No. You know, so if we can unplug from that and really go, okay, if I'm not working for money anymore, what am I working for? If I have a reason, a passion, is it taking care of your family? Is it uh, to have a better lifestyle? Is it to create a rich life? In rich life, I'm being health, wealth, and happiness. Mm-hmm. And that's by serving and by giving back and doing all these things. If that's 
what it's really about, then that's what we should look at, focus on, because then that will create a greater result in the end. And I don't know if that's by design, but yeah, it's 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 ironic that you know money represents value, and and, and mm-hmm. right now there's a you know there, there's a very there's a lot of negativity out there, a lot of fear in relation to the state of our currency and in relation to the dollar. And that sure. stems from Europe. It stems from you know a lot of other things, the, the Federal Reserve and the Central Bank and kind of what, what they're doing. Um, and at the, But it's, people don't recognize why it's bad, okay? Because money represents value, okay? Money, doesn't come, money, didn't, money wasn't created because the government said, hey, we need, we need to create some money, right. right? Money was created because people found a way to exchange and, and provide value. And the only medium they had was something that wasn't the actual byproduct of the value. Okay, so they had to have this medium of exchange. So money always represented value. Right. So if you have the Federal Reserve that just comes in and prints a bunch of money, there's no value for mm-hmm. that. It's a completely immoral process, but not many people recognize that. And at the same time, it's when a person makes a lot of money, when a person is, is rich and has done it the legitimate way, it's not because they stole it. It's because they found a way for a lot of people to exchange money with things that this guy or girl created right. in value. And that's things. Those are just very simple general principles, but yet so seldom understood. Well, like you started the, the podcast with, money is just an idea, or you know, with ideas. Mm-hmm. Well, that same thing with money. It's just an idea. Yep. Well, the idea of money now is changing. Yep. And that's the same thing with social entrepreneurs and social capital. Mm-hmm. It's, it, all it is is an idea. Yep. And then it's application, application. Yep. How does it apply to our current times, our yep. current environment yep. to solve problems? Yep. No, there was a there's a guy because we've we've gone on uh, you've gone on the, the the real estate guys radio uh, show their crews mm-hmm. there's some every every year so there's a, there's a kid on there Nick uh, Angel and his little brother he like they grew, his father his father was like import export and they would go to China a couple times a year when he was doing some stuff so his brother like 18 19 years old and he just you know again just thinking just like okay well, iPads iPhones they're coming out with these like different models every single year I'm gonna figure out how to make a mold. And I'm gonna go to China and get him to make the mold and sell it on eBay. And he's right. like, makes tons of that. That's that's the thing is those those ideas are are incredible. And now he's able to understand how powerful exchange is. Now here's right. the other thing, is when you start to have and I've, I experience this all the time because I'm you know working with individuals, is when an individual disliked dislikes taxes is once they make a good deal of money hmm. and they see how much goes out to something that wasn't necessarily creating any value. Great point. Whereas they did. Great point. So I think you're right. There's going to be, uh, I'm not sure how it's going to go down, but I think there's going to be a, a revolution of sorts as individuals. are like, what? What are you doing? I mean, I, I th- this is my life. I, I'm, and that's all, that's all. That's natural. You know, freedom is natural. This is my life. This is. I want to create a business. If I create this, I want to keep it. And if I right. want to give, that's my that's my decision. Well, it may take an emergency or something to, yeah. to really change. Yeah, and, you know, it always has. It always has. Looking back at my life, it was a crisis. Life or death. I had a fork in the road, a decision point. Life with my wife or without my wife. In the nightclubs, it was a decision point. When I got Choose to Be Rich, it was a decision point. Do I apply the principles or do I just listen to it and then put it uh, on the bookshelf? Was it easy? Was it easy when you did it? No. No, the process was extremely difficult. But it formed me to who I am today. And through that resistance, we actually get stronger. Like we were talking about earlier, is, is that actually built? Who we are, our characters, our personalities—we yeah. um, we grow from these things. Yeah. 
And that's just that's the process. It is. Okay, if if growth or progress was so easy, everybody would be progressing. Right. But rare, I mean, right, right now a lot of people are digressing. So yeah, so looking looking at that, yeah, there, there's always been this type of this type of revolt, and there's always been this type of painful moment. But that's the thing is, don't be scared of the painful moment. It's part of the process. You you go to the gym and you rip your muscles to build muscle. Right. Okay. If you don't rip the muscle, it's not going to build. It's just part of the process. And I think today there's a there's a section of your brain. It's called the Amig amygdala, and it's in it's one of, uh, the temporal lobe, and it it basically looks for fear, hmm. and it accentuates the fear, and and that's the thing is people are very afraid right now. Sure, don't be afraid. It's part of the process. It's part of life, and that's how that's just how that's how the thi- that's how things go. Right. But it's going to be amazing because once this you know chaos, however it works out, we're going to be so much better, so much better for it. And well, there's be so much opportunity. And fear is natural. Yeah. You know, we all have it. It's just a matter of, okay, what do we do with it? Do we still step forward one step at a time, even though we have fear and we're, it's, we're scared to death, yep. but at least we're still making progress, or does it paralyze us? And that's where emotional intelligence comes into play. Yep. And when having a rich life, it's also working on that intelligence, yep. emotional intelligence. What do you do when you're faced with adversary? Yep. Do we crumble or do we stand and, and do we lean into and say, you know what, I'm still going to move forward. Yeah. You know, and I've asked a lot of people, what does it mean to you if the U.S. dollar crashes? Yeah. Most people don't even know what the heck that means. What that means. <laughs> you know, and that's scary. Yeah. So financial education. Then when we get into it, it's like, well, what does it mean? And fear comes up. It's only mm-hmm. natural. Mm-hmm. But it's like, okay, let's have a plan for if we move left, if we move right, mm-hmm. if the government does this, the government does that. There's powers that we really can't control. Oh. But we can't control is our own mind, our own thoughts, and our own actions. actions. And that's what social entrepreneurism, social capitalism is about, is doing that with purpose yep. for a higher reason. Because what you're doing, you've created an immense amount of value. Okay, So the dollars that you have are represented by that value. So if the dollars change to you know, whatever... Whatever the new, whatever new currency or structure, it's still going to be valuable. Right. The value is never going to change. Well, and our business model is that in our business, Journey Healing Centers, that's the name of our company, we've been around for 10 years, is we, being Lisa and I, volunteer in the program. We volunteer working there because that's what we'd love to do. We're passionate about it. Mm-hmm. Our business, our true business, is the real estate mm-hmm. underneath that. Mm-hmm. So we make a, a modest uh, rate of return on the real estate. So we have a business play and a real estate play, mm-hmm. creating, again, a, a, a solid, sustainable business mm-hmm. with business principles mm-hmm. with a social value. No, and it, and obviously it's been successful. I mean, you continue, you continue to grow. So you're, it, it's amazing to have you here. I mean, obviously you're, you're a representation of what's possible for a human being, and we all are human beings in the same, same deal. Right. And we all have been, you know, given experiences, talents, abilities, and it's for, it's for a higher purpose. And so keep, keep your mind open. Read the right books. And find find the ideas and look at w- what can come from ideas. Amazing businesses, right. amazing value. Right. Well, you're absolutely right. You know, one of the first things I had to do when I got sober was change my friends. I had to change my environment. And I realized who my true friends really were. When I said, look, I just drinking doesn't work for me. Oh, who are you, Mr. AA and Mr. Alcoholics Anonymous? <laughs> I was like, no, man, I just I just don't want to drink. So the, the friends that pulled me back down, and they really weren't friends. They were drinking buddies. But the friends that said, you know what? I support you no matter what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Go for it, man. 
those were the people that were truly friends. So I, I learned real quick, once I made a decision and a committed stand, who was really my friends and who weren't. Mm-hmm. So same thing in life is moving forward. It's like, who's committed to your growth? Who's mm-hmm. committed to you accelerating in life? And who's really not? Just there kind of for the ride or yeah. to complain or those sort of things. Or antagonize. Yeah. Absolutely. you got to yeah. take a look at your environment and go, is my environment really supporting me? Mm-hmm. If not, i got to change my environment. The books that I read, uh, that what I do on my time off, am mm-hmm. I watching TV or am I studying documentaries all these things this precious time that we have which is an asset we really get to invest it wisely not spend it yeah everybody everybody has the same amount of time i mean that's always cliche but everybody has the same amount of time during the day and looking at all the different information that's out there whether it's through books or whether it's through i mean look at just youtube i i spent uh, a few days ago i just spent a couple hours watching ted the the ted channel which is amazing it's amazingly inspiring and that's the thing is those types of things are going to facilitate those ideas that are going to change your life. And so right. putting yourselves in that position is, I mean, the opportunity cost behind not doing that is, is immense. Well, so. that's why when you, when you asked me to come on and do this podcast, I was honored. Talk to 5,000 like-minded people, people that are committed to change and personal development and growth. I'm in. I love it. So I was like, yeah, let's do it. No, and that's the thing is, I mean, just the technology behind this. I mean, who knew? Yeah, I was telling you the story behind how we created a podcast. I didn't know what right. the heck I was doing and just started talking to a microphone and, and it, it, just look at what it's done. So right. anybody can do it. And that's the key. Yeah. We don't have to know how to do it. We just got to trust the process and take one step at a time. Yep, and have the faith to take the first step. That's right. Cool. All right, Josh, it was awesome to have you here. Uh, we're going to put your links up on up on the blog, uh, but you know, to, to Amazon to, to pre-order your book, mm-hmm. to uh, to your websites and so forth. And you also have some, some Rich Dad advisor stuff as well that has recently come out, like some social media and websites and so forth, correct? Yeah, the book is called The Social Capitalist, mm-hmm. uh, Passion and Profits. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife and I co-authored the book because it really tells the dynamics of partnerships and mm-hmm the pros and cons and what we experience together yeah. and also the, the social movement, the mega trend that's coming. Um, there's rich dad advisor site called my da- my best advisors.com. Yeah. Take a look at that. And it has all of the rich dad advisors, the speaking engagements, uh, the books, information, blogs, tons of great information on that. And then my website, journeycenters.com will give you more information about, uh, drug and alcohol addiction. Uh, we have a 24-hour help hotline. If you have any questions, uh, anything, it's free of charge. Give us a call. We're, we'd love to uh, assist you. Okay, awesome. Well, Josh, it was awesome to have you here. And uh, for those of you who are listening, thanks, uh, thanks again. Go back and listen to our previous podcasts, and uh, we'll talk to you next month.